Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. A new era of basketball begins tomorrow in the Valley. Kevin Durant becomes the latest superstar to wear our colors, to lead our cause, and already the arrows are flying. Did you hear Charles Barkley double down on the old head, old school criticism of Durant's team hopping, and Giannis just offered to train with KD to get him strong enough to carry his own team. Get it? His own team. Now, some of this is unavoidable. By acquiring Durant, the Suns have also co-opted his legacy, and his legacy is a mouthful. But some of this is a bit mistaken. I'm not sure Durant is joining a super team in Phoenix. Maybe if Chris Paul were 36 or younger, that might be the case. But pre-Durant, I only see one all-star left in the Valley, and that is Devin Booker. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to work either, and we're not going to know until we watch them play. It might be instant magic, like the chemistry explosion we witnessed when Steve Nash showed up. Or it might be a bit awkward, like watching Monty Williams' offense turn into the Dallas Mavericks. But I know this, I know Durant is going to make things interesting, and I also know it's a steep climb where we're heading, and I also think there's a path to salvation for Durant and his legacy. Because unlike the Golden State Warriors, Durant is coming to a team that needs him to win a championship, and in that regard, he can be our modern-day big unit. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury attainable. They've got two great locations, and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? <laughs> oh! oh! <laughs> That's Giannis on the uh, Daily Show. Uh, I didn't see the whole bit. Jared, did you see yeah. the whole bit? Yeah. Was it basically a challenge for like one of the nicest guys in the NBA to trash talk? To his trash colleagues? talk yes, other and he was he was reading pre-written stuff. So uh, very uncomfortable. He tweets. Yeah, play the follow-up. There's no yeah. malice in that. There's yeah. no malice at all. Yeah, and here he felt he was, com- supposed, he was supposed to read another uh, roast joke yeah. on yeah. Kevin Durant, and instead he did this. KD, where's the camera? Yeah. KD, you're one of the best scorers to ever play this game. I respect your game. You know, you've lived by example for 15 years. So you I hate fa- this. You were my I favorite player growing up. I hate this. And Entertain me. I respect your game. I hate this. I'm sorry. That's funny. That's Hassan Minaj yeah, right. filling in his host, and he wanted him to be meaner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he nice. did. He did have a, a roast joke on on uh, Jokic as well. Joker, how are you gonna make it through the finals where you look like you can barely make it through a Burger King drive thru <laughs> <laughs> That's actually great. Wow. That's a good one. NBA roast. That could be a thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this is, yeah, this is kind of what's going to happen. And you know, Kyrie's got the rabbit ear. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant has got the rabbit ears. And Kyrie Irving is part of the reason why. And and going to Golden State, um, in retrospect, it's it's really, it was really hard for a lot of people to reconcile that move. Because that really felt, I mean, if LeBron was offensive with the decision, Going to South Beach, the Kevin Durant thing took it to the next level. You made yeah. such a good point in your blast about 
the difference that the Suns need Durant? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Warriors were coming off the season where they won the most games in history. They did not need Durant. Did not need, and that and that is and they why lost it the hit title the way in it game did. Seven. Yeah. And listen, and this is why, and we're coming off a game against the Bucks, and I know that uh, Suns fans, the the audience again, it's 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 so you talk about a championship, and and when we talk about how it's going to hit, this fan base is so on edge and traumatized. It, it's, it is. Oh my goodness! What gets them going, and what fragments them, and what divides them is mind blowing. The, there, there were people who took offense with us being critical of that late game performance in Milwaukee, and and to me, it's like, listen, nobody has minimized the value of these regular season games more than me, good or bad. But that game was different, and and to me, that game was uh, was another one of those games. Devin Booker at the pinnacle against Drew Holiday, and it didn't come out good. If ever there was a game that would make you feel like. We need Kevin Durant. That game made me feel like we need Kevin Durant. Yeah, it, because again, it was it was, and people talked about it. Kellen Olson wrote about it. It was reminiscent of what happened over the last four games of the NBA Finals in, in 2021. Exactly when the offense bogged down, it became a lot of Devin Booker and and Book. To his credit, in that series, did about as much as he could do mm-hmm. uh, after he came back from the hamstring injury. But you talk about you know what what is affecting Suns fans right now. Just the talk, the word. The phrase super team is triggering Suns fans. They don't want that necessarily placed on their team that they root for because there's this negative connotation to it. So I'll make Suns fans feel better. You can use my definition. It can't be a super team by Murata definition. Okay, here we go. If any of the pieces involved in said super team were not free agent acquisitions. Devin Booker drafted by the Suns. DeAndre Ayton drafted by the Suns. In the Chris Paul and Kevin Durant trades, the Suns gave up five rotation pieces mm-hmm. slash starters to do that. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot of semantic gymnastics you're doing there. Hey, I got to get my exercise somehow. Somehow. <laughs> because, because Chris Paul chose the Phoenix Suns. He did. So that, so that So he chose to they, come here. They gave up Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre. That could have oh. crippled any other team. <laughs> could have crippled any other team. Could have never, never recovered. Um, and, then, and then the KD thing, it started last summer with his demands, it, wanting to go here. It... It it has no and here's the other thing. Whether or not you as a Suns fan, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the collective you, whether or not we as Suns fans feel like we need to brace for all this incoming criticism, whether we feel like we now suddenly have to be defenders of all things Durant, we and you cannot control what other people on the outside are going to say about this. And they are going to say what they're going to say about Kevin Durant. And it's already started. And and there's nothing you can do to argue with it. So I, I would say if you're a Suns fan and you're cool with this, be cool with it. Yes. Don't worry about what other people – let Kevin Durant worry what others are saying about Kevin Durant. And be encouraged by the fact that, that he Kevin will. Durant – Because he will. Kevin Durant, at one point in his career, at the prime of his career, made that decision to leave Oklahoma City to join a 73-win yes. team, yes. basically putting the black hat on himself Indeed. for the rest of his career to a certain extent. And you know what? When he was wearing that black hat in the Bay Area, he wore it pretty well. And then and, you know what? Then he left Golden State to go to Brooklyn. He doubled down on it. I, and again, and this is where Suns fans get so darn goofy, uh, where they want to look at Sunday's loss in Milwaukee as a good thing, as a positive. 
the reality is Milwaukee tightened down the screws defensively to the point where nobody else on the Suns could get off a shot other than Devin Booker, and we've seen that movie before. It doesn't work. It'll get you close. It's not getting you the trophy. Yeah, You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, back to the NFL Combine heating up in Indianapolis and also some discussion on some rule changes which could affect the sport moving forward. Some good, some not so good. We'll get into all of them next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata. Hash marks. NFL focused on Indianapolis, Indiana, home of the Combine, where workouts begin on Thursday for the different positions. We'll keep ah, an yes, eye on Indianapolis, the- Indiana, the Mississippi of the Midwest. <laughs> I enjoyed my time in Indiana. Did you? I don't know why I enjoyed it so much. But I grew up in Chicago. I'm trained to hate all things Indiana, Wisconsin. You know that. Yeah. Unless it's Notre Dame. How do you feel? Yeah. There's a lot of Chicago yeah. Notre Dame bleed over. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, there's some of that. How do you His feel name about, is Tim Ring. How do you feel about Iowa? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cornfields. You can admit it to us. Speak on behalf of all of Chicago. You feel like you're superior to the rest it's, of the Midwest. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Listen, I, I t- one of the greatest things, every Chicagoan will tell you, one of the greatest things about moving to Arizona is not just living here. It's what you have. Or your neighbors get dramatically better. Vegas, California, Rocky Point. Yeah. Good enough, yeah. right? It's a heck of a lot better than... Wisconsin, Indiana, <laughs> Iowa, yeah. Minnesota. All right. So we do have the NFL Combine going on in Indianapolis, and there's a lot of the common things that are going to happen here. People are going to start to kind of pick at Bryce Young's height. Can you? Can the Texans really draft him? The He's Kyler only Murray six thing. feet tall, 185 you are, yes, pounds. You are so right when you said earlier that Kyler Murray's recent travails, not just who he is as a quarterback, which isn't bad, but the money attached to who he is as a quarterback. Well, and when you look at the deficiencies or the points that Kyler Murray going into year five still needs to improve upon, seeing the middle of the field from the pocket is one of those things. It just is. We don't know if he's going to improve there or not. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, Saturday. You said Saturday, Sarah, is the day, correct? Uh, Bryce Young, quarterback yes. measurements. So, yes, measurements on Saturday, but they're doing a medical exam, I think, actually today. I don't know if height would be part of the medical exam. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. It seems That seems late in the week to have the, the measurements done. So. Yeah, so maybe it's uh, We'll see. The uh, there's other news, too, on some proposed rule changes, uh, one of which... Uh, the rule is on the table to take a look at to be able to review roughing the passer calls. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't like more review, more delays in the game, but you could not go one week in the NFL without having a handful of roughing the passer calls where you're like, really? Are we still playing football here? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm I'm all for that. Okay, here's here's where I think that this is sort of like uh, what do they call it? A, a straw man argument, a tin man argument. I, here's what I where I think I I want to agree with you and say this this needs to be addressed. But I firmly believe that if you challenge these calls, the NFL is going to say. We're perfectly good with it. We don't want this. This is roughing the pa- passer in our viewpoint. I think that's the disconnect here is that is that even though the players on the ground are going, are you freaking kidding me? The league, the league is privately and even when they do their reviews of calls, they're endorsing this heavy handed protection of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So what I think you need to do is, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is here. I really don't. I, I do know nobody wants backup quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yes. Um, there's also going to be this, now teams are going to be allowed to carry an emergency quarterback probably because you can't be the 49ers and have a running back trying on the helmet. and Yeah, in the NFC Championship game. Nobody <laughs> wants that. No. But at the same time, it's it, quarterbacks have to be, they, they have to be held accountable, don't they? In terms of being part of the maelstrom that is football? Absolutely. But the importance placed on that position, it's only created a bigger divide. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks make the most money. There's there's people talking about making quarterback contracts independent of the salary cap because they're just going to eat up too much of the cap. And then the guys don't get hit anymore. There's a reason why there's people that say, oh, quarterbacks aren't real football players. Mm-hmm. It's a different position. Yeah. They're playing a different sport Because altogether. they're protected differently. Yes. Um, another rule that I think uh, will be looked at, and sh- I think should be looked at, because we saw it a lot this past season, is this rug- rugby scrum. Mm. The Philadelphia Eagles did it very, very, very successfully. They ran it in the Super Bowl. Basically ensuring if they had a third down and one, they're getting into that formation where it's a tight formation. You have a quarterback who's adept at running the football and is big and physical and strong in Jalen Hurts, but then you got three guys behind him pushing him past the line of scrimmage to the first down. It is an anticlimactic play. It's not aesthetically pleasing. And it kind of, for me, it's, it's kind unstoppable. Of, it's unstoppable, and it kind of goes against one of the basic tenets of football, and that is beat the guy in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive tackle and you beat the offensive lineman in front of you and you're in position to make a play, but then, oh, by the way, you've got to beat the quarterback and the three guys pushing him from behind, it's just it, it's unfair. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that didn't used to be legal, right? Because I remember it was in college, but the bush push thing yes. was such a controversial play. They had rules against the pushing from behind for a while, then they took them off, and we've only seen this recent trend of teams taking advantage of it. And, and Sean Payton yeah. talked about it and said, hey, if they don't change it, we're going to explore it. Yeah, I, and I don't know whether there's a difference between it happening downfield versus at the line of scrimmage. Or at the goal line. I don't know if there are stipulations, but yeah, I, there was a uh, when when you heard Sean Payton talk in the offseason that wherever I land, this is going to be a staple of my offense. You knew they had an issue with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's to me that's not what football is supposed to be about. So they look it's it's part of it's part of of the Eagles story to, on their road to the Super Bowl. That play became a big part of what they did, mm-hmm. and it turned the tables on a lot of third and fourth down conversions for them. Yeah, it's, and, and look, anytime you and convert, and they had a quarterback willing to do it. I mean, well, that's the other I'm not thing. sure that I, even if we, yeah, that's I'm not sure that happens if that's here. still on the books. I'm not sure we're going to no. see Kyler Murray getting pushed from behind. Kyler, by. here we got a, we got a great we got a great 
we got this great play. We're going to call it self-immolation. <laughs> and so what, when you hear those words, what's going to happen is you're going to get the ball and you're going to feel the surge behind you and the surge in front of you. And you're going to get smashed around. You might not know where you're ending up, but just deal with it. Hang on to the football. You're going to get where we're going. <laughs> He'd be like, baseball, baseball. Yeah, right, right, no, right. But that's, a, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying how unstoppable the play was. I was trying to think back during the season if the Cardinals ran it at all. No, not with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Did, I mean, we could go through four years of, of game review. I don't think they've run a quarterback sneak. Not to say Kyler Murray hasn't run for first downs. Yeah. But in third and short or fourth yeah. and short where they right. just bull forward. Uh-huh. And Kyler Murray's a strong guy, too, with a with a very, very strong lower body. Well, right. And you would think somebody as, and please hear this the right way, folks, somebody lower to the ground could find a way to get that requisite space. Low man wins, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to the, you want to get low with somebody, Vinny. The re- review of uh, <laughs> the review of roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. While I'm for it now, the yeah. last time they did something in response to what happened in the league, and that was the the Rams Saints NFC Championship game where they didn't call the pass interference. Remember the next year, pass interference calls were reviewable. Yeah, it was. A dis- it that. was a disaster. Yeah, we, that's exactly what it was. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. if, if this rule goes on the books, it doesn't have the same effects. Uh, what about the onside kick rule? Okay, a I'm glad you brought that up. Fourth and fifteen alternative. Fourth and fifteen play to convert instead of an onside kick. Okay, as uh, uh, watching this being on both sides of this issue, I'm curious what you guys think about this. the The onside kick now, without being able to overload one side and whatever stipulate, it just seems like recovering an onside kick is just darn near impossible. Is there a better way? Or if you get into that situation, should you not have a lifeline like that available to you? Like a fourth and 15. Here, fourth and 15 might be too simple. Might have to be fourth and 20. Would the pot, what my worry about that particular rule is would the possibility of a surprise onside kick? It be eliminated. Could you still could you still pull that on a play? That's a good question. That was a play that swung a Super Bowl's momentum. It did famously. Yes. So I mean, you should have that option at any time to 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 you know roll that out. Does that eliminate that possibility? I, I just know that there's just it. It doesn't feel like there's much threat or promise on either side. If you're the team that has to recover an onside kick, you're like, we got no shot at. This. I don't have the percentages in front of me as a p- successful onside kick percentage versus successful fourth and fifteen conversion percentage. They both, I mean, they both have to be very, very low, like a couple percent. Yeah, right. The question is, would it be better to see? But if you have, if you give a team a play to get fifteen yards, then do, do the defensive holding penalties come into see? Then now, now it's another tricky slope. Yeah, all these rule changes, I, uh, football, yeah, baseball. Well, again, this is see. This is what why football is good. They do this on a yearly basis, mm-hmm. tweaking, they reevaluate. Tuning. Yeah, reevaluate everything on a yearly basis. Baseball, it's taken them. It feels like one hundred and ninety years to get to this point. That's and then they change everything account. in one year. Yeah, and everyone's complaining. Right. right. I'm going to do a YouTube search today year. to see if I can find a full b- football broadcast from like 1970 just to see what a different game it was back then. <laughs> Dandy <laughs> Don Meredith is here with me. 
It would be like watching a completely different sport. Coming up next, we will talk uh, to Shane Doan, Coyote's Chief Hockey Development Officer. He joins us for his weekly visit. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Doan scores on the rebound! Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain! Coyote's legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyote's hockey with Bickley and Murata. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! Yeah, every Tuesday we get to talk to Shane Doan, Coyotes legend, chief hockey development officer. And Shane joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Donor. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, Looking at the recent results of Coyotes games, uh, it's never a good plan for winning hockey to give up six goals or more. And that seems to be... But it's a great plan if you don't want to be winning hockey, Vinny. Come on, get with it. I know, but I I have a hard time getting over to that side of the argument. I mean, defensively... Tonight's game's not for you, Vinny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, defensively, goaltending, what's been happening through your eyes recently, Shane? Yeah, we we just haven't been as sharp. There's an amazing stat on if you... If you've uh, had a streak of more than seven games, I think the next seven games your your uh, your winning percentage is down in like the thirties. Wow! So it's that, and that's not for that's not for you know for our team. It's for every team, and I think in basketball and hockey, it's just you have a big run. It's hard to maintain that. There's so much parity in the league that it usually bounces back and comes back and to kind of relatively the average and uh, and I think that's kind of happened the last couple of games we haven't we haven't been near as sharp we haven't been there as clean um, in the offensive zone and uh, we've given some up some opportunities so have to get back at it all right, before we get back to the hockey now, you were gracious enough to come in Newsmakers Week and hang out with us, and as soon as you left, Jared took some pot shots at you in the sports kebab <laughs> now did you did you hear that donor? I did. I did. A few people pointed it out to me, um, and they thought it was pretty funny. And it's it's my family that seems to enjoy it the most, which I'm starting to take personal. So, um, but yeah, they they think it's always fun to make fun of me. So okay, they, they're usually okay. leading the charge. All right, so should, you know what we should do at some point? Turn over a segment on a Friday. To Shane to work with you know to, to, to gather some material as a rebuttal uh-huh. to the years and years of abuse that Jared has we given could, you. We, yeah, we could yeah. we could have listeners create jokes for them to donor, then have donor deliver. Oh, you don't like that idea, do you? Jared? I do. They're just going to be just so horribly mean spirited if they're from our listeners. <laughs> All right, let's go. As opposed Come to the on. very nice you de- jokes right, you deal, to Shane. Yeah, you deal with me every day. Come oh, on, that's true Jared. Too, yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, okay, those yeah, aren't right. jokes. No, they are jokes, Jarrett. <laughs> but the one yesterday, I got into your kitchen yesterday, which I, I've enjoyed very much. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right. So the Blackhawks, they also did, didn't they play last night? So they're coming in, they're coming in not really well rested either. So this is, this is going to be an interesting thing. And it's going to be an interesting thing now because I think in the NBA and the NHL, we're about at that point in the schedule now where there's going to be teams that are into it and teams that are not. Yeah, this is where you get, I mean, I always said that you get, there's that balance that guys miss. Like, you don't get paid to play hockey. You get paid to win hockey games, and that's kind of your job. 
Um, the, and and same in professional sports, I think there's always you got to get be careful of when your players think, "Well, my job is to play hockey." Well, no, your job is to play and win hockey games. And same with basketball. It's sometimes guys will just be, "Well, I got to go out there and play a game today." You got to find a way to win. Like that's you. You need your players to believe that daily and have that mindset daily and sometimes they can settle into being well you know and i think it's when teams aren't winning as much as you want that's like well my job's i had you know i had a goal and last game and i was a plus one tonight so i'm doing my job but my team lost both games so now we got to figure out a way that we have to win and that's our jobs that's what you do when you're you're a player and a coach no matter what i think that's exactly your thought process every time and you have to stay mentally engaged with that shane doan chief uh, hockey development officer for the coyotes our guest here on bickley and Murata mornings we kind of touched that on it uh, last week when you were in studio uh, about what the coyotes are going through organizationally but the the, the difficulty in all of that is professional pride competitive pride mm-hmm. for the players on the ice and I say I bring that up again, especially going into tonight's game, because one thing that's been a constant throughout this season almost for the Coyotes is, all right, they're struggling, but when you look down at the standing, Chicago's below you, at least you're not in the cellar. Well, they're knocking on the door right now. They've already beat you twice. How much professional pride do you think kicks in tonight? <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think that it kicks in. Uh, very much. I, on top of the two losses, the six, you know, the six goals given up in two games, they're coming in. Like you said, they played last night, and we have. Uh, they just won five in a row, so they're feeling pretty good about the goals until last night when they lost. Um, so there, it's that it's that balance as a player that you have to have it. I don't care what the organizational plan is as a player i play every game that and i truly believe this and i think every player that plays in the league that if i play my absolute best game we can win mm-hmm. like some some guys can get away with playing you know 80% or 75 or you look at the elite of the elite they play their 80% game and they still should have a good chance to win but i always believe that if i played my best game we we're going to win tonight and that's the competitiveness of every player, and I yeah. think that they have to approach that tonight. If they do that, we have a chance, and that's what we're looking yeah. banking on. And I think Andre yeah. Tyranny does a great job bringing that out. Yeah, I think the Blackhawks did, and they just traded off a bunch of pieces as well. I think yep. that I I think yep. that they're going to be in extreme tank mode. But the one thing that might the one thing that might instill a little accountability is all those Blackhawk fans that are going to be sitting there, uh. sure. <laughs> right? Just what you want a building full of Chicago. Donor, <laughs> yes, I've enjoyed them so much. Nothing was better than beating them in 2012. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, how about that? Right, manhandling them—that was a domination, donor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's they—they they did that thing where they kept winning Stanley Cups, so that's always <laughs> nice to uh, to to beat them when yeah. they do that. But uh, all right, so listen. Yeah. So let, let's move on to something that I'm curious about. This because tomorrow is also the debut of Kevin Durant in the Valley. So Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, as a team captain, there are going to be guys that, that are going to have to sort of give up playing time. They're going to all that stuff, you know, player rotation, all that stuff. There's going to be some people who who pay for this personally you know what i mean so what are what what's the feeling like inside the sun's locker room when you bring in a talent that you know celestial yeah and 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 i think that's probably the biggest part when you 
you bring in a, a young guy or a guy that everyone's saying like this guy's going to be, you know, a big part of our future. I think there's always an element of players. Players are competitive. Like they want their, I mean, Hey, I, I think I'm as good as anybody on any given night. Um, but <laughs> when it's that elite, when it's Kevin Durant, when it's, you know, if you, if Patrick Kane gets traded this, this week and he goes to a new team, mm. there's going to be an adjustment, but it is Patrick Kane. It is, it is Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant is, I mean, you watch him play. I mean, he's just so special and, and it's exciting. And, um, I think that there's, there is, there, it takes some feeling out to feel where I'm comfortable. But if you can really, if you really believe this is going to be the difference, and now you have a chance to win a championship, you can swallow an awful lot of pride if you think you're going to win a championship because you're able to know that in the end this is going to be worth it, and you know the rising tide and you know raises all boats. So we're all a little bit better when we're better as a group, yeah. and so you, that has to be the push, and that's why they're so fortunate enough to have Monty as their coach, and I think he has that. I respect the room so much that they buy in pretty much to whatever he says. Donor, always good to talk to you. Appreciate the time and the insight, as always, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank Shane you so much. Coyote's uh, Chief Hockey Development Officer, our guest, every Tuesday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, we'll continue talking to our uh, weekly guests. Uh, our next guest coming off a pretty big win down in Tucson oh. on Saturday. The head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, joins us next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Arizona Ford Dealers. So the final 2.9 seconds inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. Oh! He made it! He made it! He made it! Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it! The Sun Devils have won it on a desperation three-pointer from Des Cambridge! Tim Haley, Kyle Dodd on the call. Saturday in Tucson, the end of a, a great basketball game and a great ending for the Sun Devils as they upset the number 7-ranked Wildcats and here to talk about it with us. And the uh, remaining schedule, the head coach of the Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. Uh, congratulations on a great win Saturday. Thanks, guys. Good morning. Uh, I'm convinced it was my appearance in studio last week. There's no doubt about it. Guys. Ooh! You guys gave me the magic we needed. Can we take credit for that, too? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we gave you some mojo, man. We gave you some good mojo. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I've I've listened to that that play by play call from Tim and, and Kyle a million times. I'm sure you've heard it a lot too. But one of the things on the video that stands out is is your reaction, just kind of spinning around toward the crowd with your hands in the air. Bick and I were talking about it, Bobby. It was kind of reminiscent of Jim Valvano well, looking for somebody to hug after the NC State uh, win in, in, in the tournament. What, what's going through yeah. your mind at a moment like that? I mean, it was an out-of-body experience. Uh, I've had I've had it go against me. I, I've had it as a player uh, happen for me. So, I mean, it's indescri- indescribable, really. It, it was, uh, yeah. I just I didn't know where to go. Um, and I, I I lost it. Um, I was just so excited for for the kids. It was such a hostile environment. Such a tough place to play. You know, it's it's one of the top places uh, that I've ever been to in terms of environment. So. Uh, to get down 10, to be able to fight back the way the kids did, to show that 
type of grit, resiliency. Uh, it was a great game to be to be a part of, too. I thought it was a very well-played game, you know, a high-level game. All right, well, tell us about setting the strategy for that for that miracle shot from Dez because he, he did have a nice cushion. I still cannot believe that he wrong-footed that shot, but that's about as pure as it gets, Bobby. Well, we, we work on end-of-game situations, and, and we have a, a, a play that's similar to that. But it wasn't really the type of personnel that I've, I've usually had on the floor at that point, having multiple guys foul out. And, uh, you know, so it was – I wasn't able to get everyone on the same page for that play due to a lack of timeout. But I was able to get three guys, and two guys had to be on the free throw line because Balo was shooting the first foul shot, and we were able to let Jemaya know I wanted him to inbound the ball. We wanted to get a screen for Dez take a couple of dribbles and get the best shot you could and that's kind of how it all how it all went down and you know ironically I was you know watching our first game versus UCLA uh, yesterday in preparation for Thursday and and uh, Des hit that same shot really at the end of the first half in, in, in our arena and he was off that right foot which is kind of unnatural for, for a righty you would usually you know yeah. jump off your left leg uh-huh. but in both cases he, he jumped off the right leg and, and he switched both of them so <laughs> Maybe we got to get him the ball there a little yeah. more. <laughs> Bobby, that in the playbook, the head coach right. of ASU, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. That wasn't. I mean, you mentioned the shot against UCLA, obviously Saturday in Tucson, but Des Cambridge also hit the game winner up in Boulder uh, in a game where you guys were not shooting the ball well from three, but he steps up and he hits that three. And people will debate about this, the clutch gene, whether or not it exists. I think it does, and I think it lives within Des Cambridge. Can you just talk about his ability to step up in the in the big moments, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, he's he's like one of those guys that has so much confidence and, and belief in himself. And there are certain guys that don't want the ball in those moments. Uh, but but he's he's someone, again, that's just got tremendous belief in himself and, uh, and knows he's capable of making those type of shots. He wants the ball. He wants the responsibility uh, of, uh, of determining the outcome like that. He's proven it a couple of times. And he's, uh, you know, he's cold-blooded out there. He wants to take big shots, and, uh, and he's hit a bunch of them for us this year. I probably shouldn't go down this road or put any focus on this, but, but I noticed this earlier in the year. It seems like sometimes the pollsters can't wait to kick you guys out of the top 25, and, and it seems to be a, a much harder crawl or climb coming back the other way. Arizona didn't really dip much out of the loss, which means they're a really good team, and it would seem that you guys should get a good jump out of that. Do you feel like you're getting the requisite push that you should have out of that game? No. Um, I just I don't know how we move eight spots. It's uh, in the net. It didn't make any sense to me. When you win a game like that, uh, anyone that knows college basketball, I mean, just look at the sheer numbers, the, the record that Arizona has at home, and that they're almost unbeatable there. They're, uh, they're one of the top offensive teams in the country. They having a great inside game. They, they were shooting. I mean, they played well and we beat them. It wasn't like it was a bad game and someone had to win it and we happened to hit a, a you know miracle shot or whatever. It was you know two teams going toe-to-toe. It's, it's a game that you would see in, a, in an Elite Eight. You know, that's how it felt to me. So I, I don't think we, for whatever reason we are, and uh, that's beyond our control. But, you know, I can tell you, you know, you win a game like that. We have other road wins at Oregon and Colorado. We have a bunch of road wins and neutral wins. You, you talk about Creighton and and, uh, and the way we beat Michigan and, 
and VCU is winning their league. So, like, we have some really good wins, and uh, I don't get it. I mean, we you know, we have two are twenty and nine, and there are teams that have 13, 14 <laughs> losses. Yeah, are, are considered like right in the NCAA tournament. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, including one. I was looking at Joe Lenardi's latest uh, projections, Bobby, before last night's action. But Oklahoma State lost to Baylor last night. I mean, they're seven and ten in their conference. They play in a, a really tough conference. But we've talked to you about this. The, the Pac-12. Uh, by by not being as strong as it's been in years past is, is really wreaking havoc right yeah. now on your resume. You're a 21 team, for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean, you, you almost wish you had a crystal ball and you could figure out, hey, which league should I schedule in a non-conference? You know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you do the best you can. I mean, we, we went to Brooklyn across country to play a top 20 team in Michigan and, uh, and more than handled our business in, in those two games. And then... And then uh, you know you figure you're scheduling Creighton, they're a top ten team, so you you feel like you're doing your your part in terms of building mm-hmm. a schedule. I guess we should have had a Big Twelve on our schedule. That's my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those annual wins against Kansas yeah. would have looked real good this year. Um, Austin Nunez was not available to you uh, Saturday in Tucson. Uh, what is his condition for this weekend in Lo- in Los Angeles? Do you expect to have him back? Yeah, we were we went light yesterday. We had uh, you know a number of guys uh, do more skill and you know, after a game like that uh, for the guys that played heavy minutes, uh, it, it was a, it was more of a mental day. But uh, got to meet with Austin and he looked so much better than before we left to go to Tucson and he looked like himself again. And uh, he was in a light workout yesterday and we're going to gradually progress him. He you know continued to have you know symptoms at the end of the week and we're just following you know the doctors. Uh, and the medical here, which is his return to play protocol, and it's going to be close, but you know we'll we'll see uh, about his availability as the week goes on. You know, in the last couple of years, you guys have dealt with a lot of bad breaks. You haven't done a lot of complaining about them, um, but there's been a lot of obstacles that have popped up in front of your path. And and you, you like I've said when you were here in studio, it seems like you've had this thing so close on a couple of different occasions. Is there any way this what we just witnessed Saturday in Tucson will be? It is symbolic of of maybe something finally on the other side. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope that we build on it. I mean, that I hope that's not the, the you know top of the mountain for us this year. And, and certainly, uh, there's a lot more exciting games on our schedule this week. And uh, and then and then we're we're going to Vegas. And, and uh, you know, you should. I would think the guys would be. You know, more empowered to want to go and do more because they're just seeing the potential that we do have when we're when we're playing that well. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great moment. I, I you know, we we re- relived it one more time yesterday uh, at our team meeting, and hopefully, we've moved on now and we got some big games in front of us. There's a lot on the line this week. Yeah, big game in front of you. Uh, first stop, uh, Pauley Pavilion, where UCLA is undefeated, and, and you, you've seen them before, and it played a really good game for about thirty. 35 minutes against UCLA. How much are the guys jumping at the bit to get another shot at the Bruins? Well, I mean, they're a great team, and, and Mick Cronin's you know, one of the best coaches in college basketball. You know, they're a historic uh, story program uh, with all the championships. And in L.A. on a Thursday night on ESPN, I mean, what more could you really ask for? And they're, they're playing great. They've won eight in a row, and, uh, you know, they, they obviously clinched the, uh, the regular season. But, uh, you know, they're still playing for NCAA seeding to be, you know, potentially a number one seed. So, I, you know, we expect to get their best shot, and uh, they've been very good at home. They 
they have not lost a game at home this year. So it'll be uh, you know a huge challenge for us. Uh, and uh, they're a very good defensive team. You know, points were very hard to come by in our first game, especially early in the game. So you know, we we got to make sure we bring our defense uh, to LA this week. I wanted to ask you one other question about the Arizona game, and it's not necessarily uh, specific to that game, but a situation popped up in the second half where uh, Balo got uh, fouled. He's going to the free throw line, but he's injured enough. He comes out of the game, can't shoot the free throws, and Arizona gets a better free throw shooter on the line. I, that that rule does not exist in in the NBA. If you're not healthy enough to shoot the free throws, you, you can't play the rest of the game. Do you think that is a rule that needs to be revisited in, in college basketball? And is it ripe for some, some maybe funny business? I mean, obviously, I'm not on the rules committee to, to make that determination, but I, I would, uh, if, if I was allowed to do what I wish to do, I would say that whether it's in the first half or the second half, if the player can't shoot the free throw, they should be disqualified from that half. Meaning if, mm. you know, it happens in the first half, they shouldn't play again. You know, they could figure out the injury, and if he's able to play in the second half, wonderful. Uh, if he does it in the second half, shouldn't be able to go back in the game. All right, here's my last question. So, yeah, yes, it was somewhat of a miracle finish, although as Vinny and I talked about, guys making half-court shots and beyond, not that rare in basketball in this age and, and generation of player. But but this was an 89-88 to 88 game, which means you guys, you were right there with a really good basketball team on a day when everybody was firing, and so you, you it's a great accomplishment. Accomplishment. Take us inside the locker room. What does it feel like to, to go through a season like you guys have and have that kind of moment, to be able to share that kind of moment at McHale Center? Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's just such a hard place to win, and, and you know that going in. And, and you know, it's a hostile environment. Uh, they're a great team. They're a top team in the country. And, and, and again, you, you, you played them when they were playing well. And, and there's no better feeling to, you know, to close it out that way in such a dramatic way. And, and then, you know, all the work you put in, you, you get that moment, you know, to celebrate. And, uh, I mean, the guys were going nuts. I mean, for at least like 30 minutes. They were just re- <laughs> reliving it, talking about it, you know. Everyone's pouring water. I mean, I got drenched. It was, uh, it, I mean, it was great. It was, it's, it's kind of the moments you live for and why we do this uh, for, for special moments like that. Bobby, congrats again on the win. Best of luck in Los Angeles this weekend, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Very good. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, some social studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.